Hello, fancy friends. Welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. Today I'm doing another pop-up mini episode answering one of my audience's questions. This one comes from Instagram and I thought it was a great question. So I thought I would answer it here on the podcast so I could give a lot more people advice. This one comes from a young woman living in the UK and she's an aspiring wildlife biologist. And she asked what she can do either online or virtually to build up her experience given the COVID situation. Experience is so important in this field. And because of COVID and the lockdowns afterward, field seasons have been canceled and zoos are still closed. So it's really hard to get in-person hands-on experience. It's very likely that a lot of younger people aren't doing any type of work this summer because so much of our field is summer tech positions or internships at different nonprofits during the summertime. So today I have three ideas for you that you can be doing at home during these times of COVID where we are trying to minimize contact with each other. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. My first idea, if you've heard me talk on this podcast before, it's something I'm really passionate about, which is citizen science. And citizen science is basically real scientific projects that pretty much anyone can participate in. There might be some limitations to some projects. For example, you might need to drive to certain areas to be part of a certain project, or you might have to live in a certain area. But there is an enormous amount of variety of citizen science projects, quite literally all over the world. And through citizen science, I personally believe this is a great way to build up some experience and some skill sets. There are probably thousands of citizen science projects across the world. And some of them really closely mimic or, or not even mimic, they're actually what we do as scientists. For example, I worked in the eMammal project for the last six years. And in this project, we worked with volunteers to set up camera traps. Usually it was in their backyards they let them run. They collected the photos, uploaded the photos to their computers, and identified the species that they thought were in the photos. We did the training online, so we never had personal contact with these people. That was something they could do completely on their own. And this is really the exact same process that we go through as scientists when we're doing field work with Camera Trap on the eMammal project. I have a separate study 
on behavioral responses of animals across an urban to rural landscape. And I set all the camera traps in their backyards. And that was the exact process I went through, deploying the camera, collecting the memory cards, uploading the photos, identifying the animals. Therefore, by participating in a citizen science project, you can really develop some skills that will actually help you for your career in wildlife biology. If you are interested in camera trap research, I know there is a whole lot of camera trap projects on citizen science. You are going to want to go to scistarter.org. That's S-C-I in the word starter. And this site allows you to search citizen science projects across the globe. So you can search for camera trap. And there's many projects where you can sit down on a computer and help scientists identify animal photos. To this day, that is still a part of my job. We are working on AI to automatically identify animal species, but there will always be species that we will have to double check. Some probably that AI can never be able to do because these species are so difficult to differentiate from each other. If this is something that you are interested in doing later on, working with camera traps, getting some skills identifying these animals will be really important. So I would stop and think what type of wildlife biologist you want to be, what kind of research you want to be doing, and find a citizen science project, if you can, that aligns with that. Now, is this something that you could add on your resume? To be honest, I am not sure. And I think it depends on your level of involvement. So let me explain. Citizen science isn't new. It's been around for hundreds of years, but it's become increasingly popular because technology has enabled us to scale across the world, be able to reach volunteers more easily, collect data more easily. Everyone has a phone and they can take pictures of uh, wildlife that they see in their neighborhoods and upload them to a program or they can observe weather. Lots of different types of citizen science projects. So could you add something like citizen science to your CV? I have not seen it done yet before, but I think you could, given your amount of participation in the project. I would say that if you participate in a citizen science project really consistently, really put a lot of effort into it, and actually develop some great skill sets, I I would say you could add that to your resume. You don't want to make it sound bigger than it is or sound like an independent research project. If you just participated in the eMammal project once and only uploaded one camera trap, I would say, no, don't put that on your resume. But we had some volunteers in the program who were super volunteers. And if you set up 20, 30, 40 camera traps, then yes, that's something that I would put on my resume. And especially during this time with COVID, when you cannot get any other opportunities, I would make sure that you explicitly state that it's citizen science and in your cover letter explain the COVID situation that during the summer of 2020, you were not able to volunteer at a wildlife park like you normally do that year. And you decided to participate in a citizen science project. 
fact, if an undergrad included that on their application, I would view that as ambitious, that they are really looking for opportunities. They are looking for self-improvement. And I would take that as a sign that they would be a great student for working under me. Depending on the citizen science project, you may be able to even form relationships with professors or scientists on the project. I know some of the projects are pretty small, and during normal times, I've read about projects where volunteers have done fieldwork alongside scientists. And of course, then they have engaging conversations, they get to know the scientists. So potentially during this COVID situation, you could be part of a Facebook group if that citizen science project has it, and you can ask the scientist questions directly. And this just increases your knowledge about science in general and and what type of different research programs there are out there. So I think this is a really great thing that you could do, given the current situation that we're in, make lemons, make lemonade out of lemons. I don't drink lemonade. It's too sweet. But make some lemonade out of lemons and do some citizen science. Also, even if you are not able to stick with a project long enough to put it on your resume, I think trying out different citizen science projects is really beneficial to get an idea of the different types of research out there and the types of research you might like doing. Uh, Citizen science covers all fields, not just wildlife biology or ecology. So maybe you start doing some camera trap stuff and then you try out an astronomy project and you realize that's your passion. So you can try lots of different projects and see which one is right for you. My second tip would be to improve upon or develop your naturalist skills. Think about what taxa you're interested in, what species you might be interested in, and try to understand those species in your environment. And honestly, the species that are most closely associated with that. So let me give you an example. Birds is a really easy one. If you are interested in becoming an ornithologist, then take this time to become a really amazing birder. This can be participating in eBird all the time, which is a citizen science project. And that would be something great that you could put on your resume that you participated in eBird every single day over the summer or every single weekday over the summer and you went to different locations around your city. Take the time to learn bird song really well. If you're already good at identifying birds and know the birds in your community, Take the time to try to identify their food sources or the types of trees that they use, their their habitat, have a good understanding of that. And how this will become helpful is if you are able to develop a really great skill like birding, when you apply for positions that will require good birding skills, you will be more competitive for them. Again, just like the citizen science, this might be a great opportunity for you to try to figure out what type of research you're interested in. You can take some time with different taxa. So spend some time bird watching, spend some time at ponds looking for frogs, looking for salamanders near creeks. 
just go out with iNaturalist. It's an app. It's a citizen science app that will help you identify the animals and just really get to know your environment and get to know how to identify things. Just having really good naturalist skills can help you out in this career. A really good one to get involved in is botany, learning about plants and identifying plants. And this is actually especially true for a wildlife biologist. You would be amazed at how many jobs out there have vegetation surveys be part of their job. Because if you are trying to manage for an endangered species, some species are really elusive and endangered species are already at a low population size. You might have to assess how suitable a habitat is for that species or or part of your job might be to restore a habitat for an endangered species. Really, it's not just about the one species you're focused on, but all the skills. And just developing those skills, how to identify plants, how to identify birds. I mean, those are just really great skills to have in general. As a wildlife biologist, you do want to have a lot of general knowledge about the natural world. Even though if you go to graduate school and if you become a research scientist, you're really going to be focusing on nitty gritty of specific areas. It's still really essential to have this broad background. And then my final tip for things that you can do right now Now, this one won't necessarily help you in terms of something you can add to your resume, but it will help you in your career in terms of figuring out what you want to do. And I would say take this summer and really try to understand what kind of jobs that you ultimately want so that you can get the experience you need along the way. A lot of people say they want to study elephants, study primates, but I studied elephants. And once you are out of graduate school, how often do elephant research positions show up? If you are going to train in something very niche like that, you want to make sure you can be able to get a job afterwards. I really want to emphasize that people should really understand what wildlife biology is, what research positions are, what what science is. I have a blog post on wildlife biologist FAQs, and I'm have I have a book coming out that will explain this more in depth. But really take the time this summer to keep your eye on the job boards. And I just recently created a tool for this. If you go to my blog post, Seven Beginner's Tips for Wildlife Biology, you will find a button that you can download this tool. It's called a job planner. It's a spreadsheet, but I've created some fields for you to fill out. And I suggest you sign up for email alerts for for jobs. You can do this at usajobs.gov. I've done it for the state government. You can do it for Society for Conservation Biology. And you can also visit different job websites weekly. And what you do is you copy and paste the different positions that you're interested in, 
and what responsibilities they have, what types of educational requirements they have, what types of skill sets they're looking for. And over time, you'll get an understanding of the types of jobs that you are interested in and also how frequently those jobs appear. Because as, as awesome as it is to be an elephant biologist, you can't be an elephant biologist if there aren't a lot of jobs for them. So this is what I really think would be helpful for you this summer is to really try to understand the job that you ultimately want. Okay, those are my three tips. I hope you found those tips helpful. If you like this podcast, it would be great if you could rate it and write a review. That would be amazing. And I would be forever grateful to you. Make sure you don't miss the next episode where I am speaking with Lauren Farr. She is an ornithologist. We're talking about birds in your backyard and a new movement created just this past week, the first ever Black Birders Week. What is it? What's it about? How did it get started? We're going to go over all of that stuff in addition to my bird questions. I have a lot of bird questions. Thanks, guys, and see you soon.